Hello, it's Andrew May and welcome to the Strive Stronger podcast, Bite Size Edition. This is where we take a clip from a previous podcast and we amplify it for you in a snack-sized format. Have you ever thought about getting a coach? Blair Crawford from biosecurity company Daltry gives us insight in this bite-sized episode into how he went from being a tech-minded person to focus more on sales and getting better at presenting both internally with his team and externally in relation to sales. The answer was coaching. I was actually really impressed with Blair in this discussion because at 30 years of age, he realized that to start a business, which was a goal of his, he needed to become a better communicator and he needed to go and get coaching. And I actually say to him in, in this episode, who on earth does that in their 30s? So Blair has great self-awareness, but he had enough awareness to know there was a gap. And that's why to this day, he still is a massive advocate, as am I, on the benefits of having a coach. For one of your co-founders slash investors, Hodjo. Here we uh, go. I, <laughs> it could go anyway, right? I, I, I sent him a message saying, okay, give me a couple of questions or a bit of guidance to ask the young fella. And, and Hodge said, number one, the really unique thing about Blair is he's a born salesman, but unlike anyone I've ever worked with, he can do the weeds. I haven't worked out how he does that. And that does come across to me. You can go deep and you've got the knowledge and you really get into the intricacies, but you can have fun and look at big picture as well. So have you always been like that? Can you occupy both spheres, the visionary, up in the clouds, getting excited, but then get down right into the detail and the miniature? I was a bit of a tinkerer when I was um, younger. I used to like build computers and dabble in coding. And I was pretty good at coding when I was in high school. I think I was... I think I could have been aligned to a technical pathway. I could talk about this actually this part all day because it's one of my one of the challenges I see in the education system, which I want to be able to address at some stage. But the guidance that I was given when I was younger was to go down a business pathway. All the evidence suggested that I was probably suited for a technical pathway and my interests and all my grades and things. But for some reason, I was given this advice to go and do business. So I think that that and I took that and face value and I went and done it and um, there's probably a couple of lessons there but I think my brain was kind of wired towards technology but through going down a business pathway and at the right time I managed to kind of harness both of them to an extent now I'm obviously not as technical as the devs in here the engineers and the cryptographers and all that stuff are unbelievable I also think my dad had a big part to play in it he was a natural sales guy as well and my brother he's a natural sales guy too we love to talk about the value that something can provide I do have to say it was probably one of the things that when the when the business got going though it's definitely something that i had to consider in more detail that context shifting going from a technology meeting to you know a presentation to a sales meeting to a finance meeting um because you do have an affinity to get into the detail and probe and ask the questions but sometimes you don't need that so i mean one of the things i worked on is with a coach you know has been able to do that that context shifting and that mindset shifting and deploying tools well, we're getting advanced now. That's why I'm, I'm looking at you going, yeah, keep going. I want to really double click on this because a lot of leaders haven't learned that. And a lot of entrepreneurs and startups and, and leaders of big companies that I, I'm blessed with my job to work with a lot of high performers. And they've, they've focused on domain expertise. In, in your world, it's the focus on biometrics. And then before a presentation, it's the slide deck. 
and, and, and the latest content, but you're, you're having a total shift. So I call this state management, how you shift your physical, your psychological and emotional state. So you turn up for what matters. So yeah, keep going. Have, what did your coach do with you or what, what have you learned to, to occupy those two different worlds? In that particular example, one of the things that we were working on was I had a, had many more presentations in front of, you know, 200, 300 people or whatever it was. And they were coming up more frequently, but the detail of the business was was um, was what it was. We focused quite a lot on visualization techniques. So one of the things I worked on with my coach was, you know, thinking about times where you were at your best in those situations that we can try and bring you back to and do that state shifting. So <laughs> I picked a few scenarios, which I try and bring myself back to. One was a best man speech that I did for my mate Stuart, because that had humor in it. You know, there's a bit of confidence, you know, I did a couple of whiskeys before it. So, you know, there was that general aura of being able to present. Did you watch another... Four Weddings and a Funeral? Did you take the Hugh Grant, no, no. <laughs> Hugh Grant line of attack? <laughs> I didn't know. It was, um, he, he still reminds me of it though. He doesn't, he wasn't best pleased. But anyway, I won't go into the detail of that on this. But the other state, that was obviously quite a, you're trying to be affable and funny in those types so, of so scenarios. Just, so just a little bit of that. So you, you, you made, you, you, you nailed him. So he, he maybe thought you could have edited it a little bit, but you, did you think it was a great performance? So is, is I that, did. Yeah. yeah and, that's, and that for the purposes of this visualization, that's the, everyone was laughing. You know, I felt really comfortable. I felt really confident. So it was trying to harness that particular feeling. Haven't spoken to um, him since, but geez, it was a no, good presentation. No, no, it's a great presentation. I think there's a video somewhere. Maybe I'll get it for you. Um, and then the second one, which was more aligned to the business, we had like, there's a lot of pride in the team, right? They've What they've been able to do with a relatively conservative budget for a cyber tech company is nothing short of remarkable. And I remember we did a presentation where we had our investors, sorry, we had a meeting um, in our offices with our investors, with our team members off. And many of them we had just met for the first time because they flew in and we hadn't seen them because of COVID. And I, I presented the journey to them and the detail of what we had actually done. And sometimes when you're in the weeds, you can't really recognize it. But I wanted to give some feedback about what outsiders are recognizing about what they've been able to achieve. So that was the second example that, you know, in terms of, um, I suppose, bringing some pride about what we've done in the company, um, been able to present and, and, and to a wide audience, people who actually care and it means something to them. And then the visualization piece was in that state shift, as, as you were talking about, how when you've just come out of a deep tech meeting or you've got a particularly significant challenge you've got to navigate, how at the click of a finger, you can start to bring back that feeling of, okay, I need to present now. And that was a big thing for me over the last, I mean, I've done that for a while now, but I don't, and I, to your point, I don't think enough people do it. I think they think it's like, it's it's such a powerful piece and every leader I would recommend should look at coaching. Every leader, every world-class athlete, even some of the athletes I work with who are world-class and you start doing this stuff, it's foreign to them. It really is. So I commend you and I'm, I'm positively... Yeah, surprise that you've done this, but I'm not. It's it definitely underpins some of the success you've had because visualization, which is part of imagery, so the the, the broader category is imagery, where you use a multi-sensory approach to predict future performances. And then when you get there, the theory is you then tap into your sight, 
you can hear, you can taste, talk about olfactory response, gustatory, what's happening in your stomach, that feeling. And whereas with just visualization is the eyes only. So that's why we get into the deeper. So when I, again, work with an athlete, if they're making a debut or a big championship, you're there, the crowd's roaring, you know, people are sledging. So you, you bring it live. And when it works, oh, it's awesome, Blair, because you get athletes and, and some of my execs saying, it was like I was there before I was there. Yes. So then when you get there, you can focus on the presentation, not the nerves and the insecurity and the anxiety running through your system. So I love him. I could talk about this all the time. And it's what I love about podcasting. I had no idea we'd be talking about higher order mental skills so early. Neither did I, but here we go. <laughs> what else did you do with your coach? Or what else have you done in, in that, that broad range of mental skills? I think one of the other things which is important for anyone who's starting a business, especially now is to make sure that they set boundaries across uh, around the things which are important to them so it was interesting with my coach when i because I've, I've had a coach for probably four years or so so really preparing because i knew eventually i would start something craig was a big catalyst as this i actually said to someone earlier on they were asking about the impact of craig and i was like craig's the kind of person that the busier the road is the more likely he is to jaywalk and i think that <laughs> I think that represents business, like all these obstacles and blah, blah, blah. You've got to go straight at it. But I am- um, Can you just back, back up the truck a little bit? Because I know how old you are. So you've got a coach in your early 30s getting ready yeah. for a business. Now, for any executive, any of our executives listening to this, and if you're in your 50s and you're just dallying with getting a coach, just do it. Like seriously, what are you waiting for? 100%. So in your early 30s, that's that's great foresight. That's, that's really, it is higher order. Confidence as a construct is two things. Number one, it's doing the work and then it's backing yourself. So I think, and now I'm sort of analyzing you, putting you there and looking at the sports psychology frameworks. So you had this gut feeling, this intuition that you were going to go into business, but you needed to do the work first. So you reverse engineered it. Yeah, I mean, I had a, a strong feeling and I think there's a couple of catalysts for it. I knew that I wanted to do something that's probably been in me for a while. But then it was one of the other things that was missing aside from that preparedness. And initially, um, initially the preparedness with the with the coach was to get me to a much more senior position in the business that I was at. That was step one. And then eventually, um, in my mind, uh, I would have a business. But the other part aside from that, that I knew that I needed was the right people around me, because one of the things which I think is a massive mistake is that people think they have all the answers. And I think that especially those who have started businesses in the last couple of years, if you thought you knew all the answers during a time like this, you probably really, really struggled with um, surviving, which is sad because amazing ideas probably went down the toilet. So the second part to that is I knew that and Craig came across at the right time. And I think that I was probably primed to, to latch on to that. And there's a couple of other you know, people had been exposed to, but, but certainly Craig, he was a big catalyst there as well. That I was, I was ready to find, if I can put it like that. Yeah, well, you're open to it and then it comes along. And that's another construct on mental skills is around connection, the ability to connect with others and work as a team. And it really is part of mental skills because the sum of the parts becomes a much greater whole. And you find if people are just very me, insular, I, they can get to a certain level, but they tap out. 
and, and they often get a myopic view as well. Hey, I've just got to ask one other question on this. So you've spoken about how you get yourself up for what I call performance moments, a presentation, an investor meeting, a roadshow, and you've done the imagery. What do you do to downregulate? Because that's a really important part in shifting state. And when you're running a business like you are, and it's you know, the, the higher up you go, Blair, the more performance moments you have in a day, right? When you're the CEO of a large bank, they might have 14, 15, 20 performance moments. And it's it's getting into state is one thing, but how they downregulate or have little micro breaks is another whole different area. Yeah, I mean, and I, I suppose when I really finished what I was saying there, I, got, I distracted myself. The boundaries piece was about making sure I understood what was important to me. So, you know, the work piece, the personal relationships that I had, you know, with friends, you know, romantic relationships with partner, my personal environment, my hobbies, all the other things which make up your pie, really understanding and being aware if they started to become out of whack. Um, I did this really, like, it's a really simple illustrative exercise where you, you know, you have a circle with spokes on it and you write all the things which are important to you and then you grade them zero. Um, like, I've got no availability of that right now to 10 where it's a big part of my life and quite quickly with adultery it can be 10 on work and then you can see all the other things which are of course suffering so that has been a really important part of making sure that I can remain at my best as far as possible even when things get crazy stressful obviously the things you have to do to to maintain and build a business and raise money etc etc but to your question and one of the things I do which I think is amazing is uh, meditation like Vedic meditation and um, using that to separate the parts of your day is um, unbelievably powerful. And it's not spiritual. I don't do it for that. The guy who trained me to meditate, he explained that as thinking about brushing your teeth. If you didn't brush your teeth twi- twice a day, you wouldn't have a very nice you know, mouth. He's like, think about it as doing 20 minutes at the beginning and the start end of your day. And it's like brushing your is teeth. It, do you your do brain. 20 minutes at the start end end or have you shortened that? Yeah. No, I do 20 minutes. You lose the rhythm sometimes, which is more about a habit thing and a discipline thing. And that's just the reality of being human is definitely not perfect. Try and do it. The problem, the the beginning of the day is super important. The one that is at most risk is if you work really long days and then it becomes quite difficult to separate the start and the finish. But there's one of the reasons, there's one of the things I do, say from exercise and things. Hey, it's Andrew, and we hope you enjoyed that episode. We would really appreciate it if you helped us amplify the Strive Stronger with Andrew May podcast by sharing episodes with colleagues and friends and going to iTunes and leaving a rating and review. This really does help us get this message out to a wider audience. And if you would like to know more about how Strive Stronger uplifts teams through optimizing human performance and well-being, make sure you check out strivestronger.com. And if you'd like to know more about my personal practice, focusing on all things human performance, go to andrewmade.com where you can explore the books I have written, including MatchFit, which has now sold over 85,000 copies, or book me as a speaker at your next annual conference or company offsite. Or if you'd like to really turbocharge your business and personal success and wake up to a better way of living, working and leading, check out my brand new evidence-based Human Performance Academy that starts in July. I'm really, really looking forward to getting that going. And if you'd like to receive regular updates from me each month, make sure you subscribe to my monthly e-newsletter, the AM edition.